At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. All views expressed are those of the hosts. Welcome to a very special episode of the OFNT podcast. You know, I always wanted to begin an episode like that. But seriously, I might go a little off format here in honor of the Christmas holiday. So, welcome to episode 145, which I'm calling the Christmas Cheer. Now, here's a reason to celebrate. That political witch hunt known as the January 6th Commission has held its final meeting. Elon Musk is looking for someone to replace him as Twitter CEO. After a poll he ran on the platform, voted for him to step down. What? And finally, rest in peace, Kim Simmons, founder and last original member of the blues band Savoy Brown. Search and find a song, Tell Mama, and give it a listen. That was released at the group's height in the late 70s. I think you'll enjoy it. And before we get started here, I have a correction. The word is phenomenon. Now that's how you say it. Not phenomenon, which is the way I pronounced it while struggling with last week's episode. Oh well. <laughs> Tech news. A little-known firm, well, to me at least, which is named Okta, who supplies software for access and identity management, has been hacked for a third time this year. So, what does this have to do with me, you may ask? Well, that depends. I first noticed the Okta name while attempting to access an app on my government computer, an app that used to be on a government server. That happened earlier this month, so I guess Okta along with Salesforce, from which Okta was spun off from, have scored some juicy government contracts recently. After you go through the Okta protocols, you now find that the apps themselves are hosted by Salesforce. I remember the good old days when the government hosted their own apps on their own servers. Now everything is in the cloud, which I'll remind you, is nothing more than other people's computers. When these cloud services get hacked, the government is hacked. What does the government have? Info on and about you. Now, ain't technology grand? What might be just another nail in the TikTok coffin, the New York Times is reporting that the parent company of TikTok, the CCP, I mean ByteDance, has fired four employees who accessed information from accounts of U.S. citizens. Some of them were journalists. The CCP, I mean ByteDance, says that the fired employees were caught via an internal audit and that the section they worked in was revamped and can no longer see U.S. data. Sure, 
ByteDance also stated that all U.S. data is now stored on Oracle servers here in the United States. Well, great. But what would stop the CCP, I mean ByteDance, from just siphoning off the data before reaching Oracle servers? Well, nothing would stop them from doing that, now would it? Anyway, I just think this is part of a smear campaign against TikTok to sway the public's opinion to favorable on the upcoming ban on the favorite app of the... Trump tried to ban TikTok years ago, but was branded xenophobic for his suggestion. What's changed? Well, just think about it. Who contributed the most to the Democratic Party the last few election cycles? Why, of course, it was big tech. Who can't seem to compete with TikTok no matter how much they try? Well, that would be Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and the rest of big tech. They're just calling in their marker. The government could give a hoot about you or your privacy. Take it from me, an old, cranky, soon-to-be-retired government worker. This is all about what it's always been about. The money. In a previous episode, I discussed the race to implement the so-called super app, which will be modeled after the WeChat app. WeChat is a chat, search, browsing, shopping, payment, and everything app that becomes the de facto operating system on the phones it's installed on. The super app is the real reason behind Elon Musk's Twitter purchase. His immediate competition is Microsoft, which back in episode 143, I told you that the company was working on such a super app. What I didn't think of is that they actually already have one, or at least the beginnings of one. It's called Microsoft 365. Once they added the Teams app, which started out as a Zoom-like app, they have been steadily expanding Teams features. The chat feature will soon be available within Outlook clients, and this week they announced that in January, the company will introduce Microsoft Feed, a place where all your alerts, email, Teams, meetings, Teams, chats, and other apps within the suite will be centralized. To accomplish this, all the separate apps within Microsoft 365 will be ported to a single app. Ta-da! A super app is born. Heck, I just might keep my subscription to 365 just long enough to check it out. I foresee Microsoft adding the Edge browser to the app and then all the other pieces as they go along. Well, time will tell. Tech I'm using. The replacement Aura Smart Ring I received about 10 days ago is working great. The battery life is outstanding, much better than the original Generation 3 I had gotten. So I guess I really did get a lemon before. Anyway, I'm just glad Aura's customer service was outstanding and rectified the problem so quickly. Last week's episode, number 144, had a lot of mistakes and bad edits. That was due to a vital piece of tech failing me, which was my 2015 Apple iMac computer. It still has an old-style mechanical disk drive in it and only 4 gigs of RAM. It's been chugging along for a while now, but this time it was unusable for about an hour and a half while it updated. It reminded me of an old Windows machine I used to use in the past. I'm going to try and make it last until next October when I should be in a better position financially to buy a new one. Now, here's a piece of tech I've been using just about every day since November of 2014 that I don't think I've ever mentioned on the podcast, but if I have, it hasn't been too many times. I'm talking about the Amazon Echo and his voice assistant, Alexa. I got my start with the Echo in, I believe, mid-October of 2014 with a somewhat cryptic email from Amazon. 
The email asked me if I'd be interested in purchasing a smart speaker with a built-in digital assistant. I could purchase it for a discounted price of $99. Well, why not, I reasoned to myself. It turns out that this was a good deal as the retail price upon release to the general public would be $179. A month later, a box arrived from Amazon at my front door. Forgetting about ordering this mystery device, I opened the box with some curiosity and found a black metal cylinder with a small instruction booklet inside. The Echo had arrived. I set it up in my living room, connected it to Wi-Fi, and started using it by, of course, asking about the weather, something I still do daily. I remember my younger daughter getting a kick out of it, asking it questions. I told co-workers about this magic tube, and a couple of them tried to purchase one for Christmas gifts, but they were told that they just have to wait until the product was officially released, which I think was about six months later. We eventually decided that the Echo would be better located in the kitchen, where it stayed until Christmas 2017, when I was given the first-generation Echo Show as a gift. The original Echo Show has a 7-inch screen and dual front-firing speakers. That Echo replaced the original Echo in the kitchen, where it still is, not missing a beat for five years now. The old Echo went back into the living room. Later in the year, for my birthday in October of 2017, I received a new Echo Spot, which resembles an alarm clock and which is still one of my favorite Echo designs. That served me as a bedside companion. A couple of years later, I added an Echo Show 5 with its 5-inch screen, which replaced the original Echo. The original Echo is now in my basement, still working flawlessly. Last year, the Echo Spot screen developed a flicker so severe that it would wake me up from my sleep. So I moved the Spot into my workout room and put the Echo 5 by my bedside. Later on, I bought a Echo 8 on sale, and that now sits in my living room. Compared to the other Echoes, the 8 has a much better screen. Recently, the Echo 5 in my bedroom has developed a flicker, though not as severe as the old Echo Spot. It still bothers me. I guess Amazon must be cheaping out on the smaller screened models. Well, the Amazon Echo has been my family's choice of digital assistant going on 10 years now. Apple's Siri doesn't even come close. Finally, with Christmas upon us, hopefully I'll have some new tech to tell you about. Now, I'm not expecting a tech windfall this year. I am looking forward to next October and my landmark birthday for a tech windfall, though. Anybody get that hint? Anybody out there get that hint? <laughs> Entertainment news. It seems Avatar, Way of the Water, is underperforming at the box office despite having no real competition. I think there are two, well, maybe three reasons for this. First reason, it's been 13 years since the first Avatar movie, and many people can't remember a movie they saw over the weekend, and I count myself amongst those. <laughs> Secondly, people are tired of being lectured to by movies as well as politics in general, and like the original movie, this one is supposedly chock full of lessons to be bestowed on the audience. Finally, if you haven't noticed, things are economically tough right now, no matter what the administration and their minions in the media are telling you. Since 1994, when the DirecTV satellite television service began, and through all of its iterations like DirecTV Stream, AT&T TV, DirecStream, etc., it has always held exclusive rights to the NFL Sunday ticket service, which lets viewers watch all out-of-market games. 
Well, starting next year, YouTube, yes, you heard that right, YouTube will have the exclusive rights to NFL Sunday Ticket. Google, who owns YouTube, paid the NFL $2.5 billion, with a B, dollars for the rights. Now, that's a lot of piasters. I was an early adopter of satellite TV and was the first guy on my block to have a dish on my roof. I started with Dish Network, but switched to DirecTV because they offered me a multi-room deal with NFL ticket included for less than I was paying for one Dish Network box. I had it for years until the prices for DirecTV got to be ridiculous. I switched to the streaming version for half the price. After a while, I ditched DirecTV stream for first Hulu and then YouTube TV. When those two lost the regional sports channels, I was forced to go back to DirecTV stream. Not once have I bought the NFL ticket package, so I won't miss it. It was expensive in the late 90s, and I can imagine how expensive it is now. Apple was also trying to buy the rights to NFL Sunday ticket, but they wanted to sell it to consumers for less, which was turned down by the, I guess, greedy NFL. Podcasting news. As I started saying in the tech I'm using section... Last week's episode was hampered by the hiccups of my iMac, which caused havoc for almost two hours. The digital audio workstation I use, Hindenburg, added to the chaos by giving me the old beach ball of death on numerous occasions, and then crashing three times during the recording of the episode. This was probably caused by the iMac's problems. I think a perfect storm of app updates, virus scans, and a mechanical hard drive that's on its last legs caused this disaster. I apologize for the bad edits and shortened episode. The sound could have been better, too. A report from that famous television and radio tracking service, Nielsen, reports that podcast listenership has gone down after many years of increasing. Another interesting statistic was that women tend to be heavy podcast listeners and are the fastest growing segment of listeners. And what do women enjoy listening to the most? No, not the sound of money. (laughs) Women enjoy listening to true crime podcasts. Why? Well, I have no idea. I wish I had an interest in true crime. If I did, I'd produce my own true crime show and try to make bank. I kind of wish that podcasting would go back to being the place for amateurs and hobbyists with a spattering of news outfits, but I'm afraid the genie is already out of that bottle and it won't be able to be put back in. According to multiple sources, the Joe Rogan experience is still the unchallenged number one podcast in the world. What started off as a hobby done in between stand-up comedy sets has now become his main income earner and has made him very, very wealthy indeed. I watch clips of his show here and there, but have never watched or listened to a complete episode of the podcast. Anyhow, good for him. I hope he takes care of his people for the outstanding work they do to support his show. Story time. Yeah, there'll be no rant this week in honor of the Christmas holiday. Instead, I'll just recount memories of various Christmases I've had in my somewhat long and hopefully longer life before those memories fade. One of the earliest Christmases I remember took place in the small one-bedroom apartment my family inhabited at the time on Burke Avenue in the Bronx, New York. It was actually Christmas Eve. I remember my mother and I lying on the couch watching some puppet show on our small black and white television. To me, it seemed it was late at night, but it was probably around dinner time. My father wasn't home from work yet and probably was out drinking with the boys from work. 
You know, that's what husbands did back in those days. I remember feeling cozy, basked in the lights from the Christmas tree. I was probably two or three years old at the time. We eventually moved to a larger two-bedroom apartment on the third floor of the same building after my sister was born. Funny, but uh, I, I don't recall any Christmases there. Just all the Christmas lights in the window of all the surrounding high-rise buildings. One Christmas memory that stands out from all the others occurred in 1983 in Rome, New York. I was stationed there in the military. It had snowed heavily during the week, but the temperature warmed into the 60s on Christmas Eve and melting it all. On Christmas Day, I was invited to dinner by a friend, and as I was getting ready, I heard a weather report on the radio in the background saying it was minus 32 degrees out. Well, I figured that was the wind chill, but once I left my apartment, I knew I was wrong. It was actually minus 32 degrees outside, and my old AMC Javelin refused to start. I sported a mustache at that time, and because of the cold, I got an instant leaky nose, which ran down into the mustache. This caused the mustache to freeze, and when I rubbed it, some of the mustache actually broke off. My friend, whose house was equipped with a garage, was able to start his car and come pick me up. Another Christmas I'll always remember was spent in Songtong, Korea, home of Osan Air Force Base. In 1992, I had a fairly new wife and two new kids. One was three, while the other was two years old. We lived off the base, and we all shared a single room to sleep in. I recall watching videotapes of all my favorite Christmas cartoons from when I was a child with my then-young family. I really enjoyed that Christmas, and so did the kids. Christmases that I don't want to remember were spent alone while in the military, too many times. So, say a prayer for all those currently in the military who are alone spread out around the world when you gather with your family on this holiday. Hey, how about that? Seasonal music. Nothing but the best for you here on the OFNT Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed making it for you. You can email me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd like to hear from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. I'm sure there are bowls full of punch and sleeping children with visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads awaiting you at home. So what's taking you so long to get off my lawn? Now stay skeptical. If you celebrate it, have a Merry Christmas. If you don't, have a great day anyway. I'll see you next week. I'm out. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 
96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.